You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Jets podcast. It is Wednesday, March 27th, 2019. This is your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanks so much for joining us today as we continue to talk about the New York Jets offseason. Yesterday, we kind of took stock of what the Jets have on the offensive side of the football. We went position by position. And today, we're going to look at the defensive side of the ball as we kind of move towards the draft. We start looking toward the draft. Free agency is kind of wrapping up. This is the first show we've had in a while where I think we don't even have a minor Jets signing to dissect. Uh, and not the over the last week or so, we have not been really going over major moves. We have not had major move to, moves to analyze, but we do have you know, we, we've at least had like one signing a day one small scale signing a day i mean it seemed like things were really slowing down yesterday when all we could talk about were neil neil sterling and brandon copeland re-signing with the jets but uh no signings to talk about today as we uh move forward so we're gonna hold our show the same format we used yesterday went position by position and we talked about starters we talked about backup so i'm going to label each position for their starters, either I feel good about it, I feel I can live with what the Jets have, or this position needs work. And when we talk backups, it's either going to be I can live with what I have, or that needs the depth needs work. Um, and the reason I'm doing that is because how many teams really have good backups? Uh, your backups are backups for a reason. If they were better, they'd be starters. Uh, so. Essentially, you're just kind of looking for more hold-the-fort types um, when you're talking about backup-level players. So let's start up front. Let's start on the defensive line. And I think the defensive line, you know, the defensive line was such a position of strength for so many years with the Jets. Uh, and honestly, probably a little overrated though for all those years when you think about the, the Harrison, Wilkerson, Richardson, Leonard Williams days. I, I mean, it's, it hurts to say it, but that the that group was probably probably overhyped them a little bit. Uh, it was always it's always been viewed as a position of major strength for the Jets. I think right now we're probably in I can live with it territory. You know, I could go either. I could either go with I'm worried about it. I, I might go. with I'm worried about it, but I, I think I'm going to go with I can live with it because you're starting front three are probably I would guess Leonard Williams. McClendon on the nose and Henry Anderson, who's coming off a good year. You kind of have to balance it out. I think Leonard Williams probably has a better season in 2019 than he had in 2018. It was a really rough season for the number six overall pick back from 2015. He, he, his fourth year in the league just did not agree with him. And I mean, part of Williams' problem is just he has not been surrounded by enough talent. Um, so he, you know, he faces a I get the sense that he's kind of the focal point frequently of the other team's blocking schemes, which makes life more difficult on him. The Jets have not really had a good pass rusher, good edge rusher in all those years with the team. With the only exception really being, I would say, 2015, when the Jets used Muhammad Wilkerson on the edge more frequently. Um, but Jets have not really surrounded Leonard Williams with a lot of talent over the last couple of years. And I think that... Uh, I think that he'll. Pro uh, that's not the only issue, though. I mean, he's he, especially in 2018, he got beaten one on one too many times. You know, I think that when people argue about a player like this, they tend to go to the extremes. They tend to say, "Well, he's either, either it's a pro it's a problem. The reason he's not performing up to expectations is that he's not surrounded by the right pieces. 
And others say, well, he's, you know, he's just not good enough. I think this is a case where maybe both are true, where it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Um, but I think he's going to be better. I think Anderson probably drops a little bit. Um, I, I don't think he's going to put up the sack totals he put, put up a year ago. I mean, those were out of line with what he had done with the Colts. So I, I would expect him to fall fall back a little bit. And McClendon, interesting. Again, it's interesting. Different coaching staff, so maybe that played into it. But he felt like he had kind of been phased out for Pinnell near the end of the year. But uh, he's back, so that's. I think you can live with that group. Um, you know, I don't think it's terrible. Now we talk about the backups, and I think you have to be a little worried about the backup. You have a lot of unproven guys. I, I might. I think the the, the argument, if you want to say I can live with it, is the fact they let Pinnell go kind of tells me that they're confident in Nathan Shepard, last year's third round pick, to step up. To uh, you know, he. It was a little bit of a disappointment from the standpoint. It looked like he was really flashing in training camp in the preseason and then did not do much of anything in the regular season. I mean, that's okay for year one. I think year two, you're expecting something out of him because he's kind of old. He was, he was an old rookie, so he doesn't have that much time to put it together. My hunch is that they, they feel like he's better. You know, he that That's just my – it's an educated guess. I don't have anything to back that up on. I don't have anything solid to back that up on. But my feeling is probably they would not let, let Pinnell go unless they felt confident in Nathan Shepard. So I guess that's your argument for maybe being okay with the depth. But outside of that, um, you know, not a whole lot. Fatu Kausi, who was a late-round pick last year, is in the mix. Uh, Kafusi, Bronson Kafusi's in the mix. Um, you know, Charles Tapper's another name out there. Um, he may be more of an edge guy. Um, you know, we're diving deep into the roster right now. So, I mean, I don't think that, that what they have is all that spectacular. I, I don't feel like this is a team with tremendous depth on the defensive line. I think if Shepard improves, that certainly could help things out, though. And I think that that's that's probably where you're looking at. My hunch is we're probably going to enter the season with Shepard as kind of the first guy off the bench. He'll be the primary backup on the line. He'll be the guy who rotates in a lot. I think he'll, you'll see an increased playing time for him this year, which is kind of what you need for a third round. But, you know, you know some at some spots, you just got to have cheap young guys go in there and hope that they produce. I kind of feel like that's where the Jets are with Shepard. I think he'll be the, he'll be the top guy. So he'll, he might be the guy that determines this. I mean, ideally you'd like to have more than four linemen you trust though. So even if he does perform, I still, I still feel like it's a little lacking. You're going to need someone, someone else to kind of step up somewhere along the way and um, help provide this defensive line with a little bit of stability. Locked on Jets podcast on this Wednesday, taking stock of what the Jets have on the defensive side of the football we now move to the second level of the defense. We talked about the defensive line. Let's move to the second level. Now, do we start on the good note or do we start on the bad note? Let's start on the good note. Let's let's start on the positive note. We'll talk linebacker. And I think you have to be happy with what you have at linebacker at this point. Um, you know, whether it's worth the price is up for debate. It's an open debate. But, I mean, C.J. Mosley is a, one of the better linebackers in, in the league. He's a guy who's pretty good against the run. He's not... He's not he's not great in coverage, but he's not a, a huge liability in coverage either. So you know, he's a pretty solid. I mean, there are not many linebackers who are great in coverage in the league. I, I say that the the linebacker position, the top tier of linebackers in this league, is really a tier of two. It's Luke Keekley and it's Bobby Wagner, and then there's a drop off, and then you have like a whole bunch of guys who are 
you know, that second tier. And I think Mosley is at the, in that second tier. I think, you know, in a good year for Mosley, he might be at the top of that second tier. He's a guy who's an all-around solid player. And then you have Avery Williamson. You have a guy who is very good against the run. Now he's a bit of a liability against the pass. And here's what I wonder this year is Todd Bowles always seemed very insistent. Todd Bowles is a lot like Rex Ryan. He's very insistent that linebackers stay on the field three downs. And... That was not a role that really suited Williamson all that well. Williamson's a very good guy on first down, second down, on rundowns, early downs. That's when you want him in there. Ball carrier goes near him. I always had confidence that ball carrier was going down. You know, he could tackle. He could play the run. He is not a cover guy. He's not a very good cover guy. Um, so I think that he's a guy you want. I, I don't know what Greg Williams' plans are, but I think that uh, – I, he's a guy I'd like to see come off the field more on passing downs, on third downs. And I think that for what you're, if you ask him to do that, you'll be pretty happy with what you have in him. So I think that that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of my view on Williams. A good good guy on early downs, good guy on rundowns. And you know, if he's when he's your second best linebacker, you're you're in pretty solid shape. Now we talk about the backups for the Jets. See, it's a little interesting because i guess if you say right now you'd, you'd probably say i'm okay with it but with a big asterisk and that's because a lot of that's based on the fact you have darren lee right now who has been the starter for three years and you know not very good the first two years the third year was better um you know as a backup he's 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 fine uh but the thing is it sounds like the jets are going to trade him i mean i certainly get that feeling the reports have been i mean first of all the jets were pretty much linked the jets were apparently talking with every linebacker, free agent linebacker under the sun uh, during the, the early stages of free agent. It was, and all the reports were that the Jets were looking to move on from Lee. And, you know, you can't read too much into what is said in the media, but if you've listened over the last couple of days, it's not like the people running this team have been in a rush to tell you, Darryl, Darren Lee's definitely part of our team. He's still going to play a prominent role. They've been very noncommittal with him, which doesn't always mean everything, but... They certainly have. If there, the fact that there are rumors out there that the Jets want to deal Lee, Dave's team is certainly not going out of its way to dispel those rumors. So, you know, I kind of, I guess, if you're talking right now, I'd say I'm okay with it. I think if you move a little deeper after that, what do you have? You have Hewitt. You have, I mean, you have a couple guys who aren't that great. Um, so, I think you know, by the time we get to the start of the season, you're probably going to say this depth could use some work at linebacker. And that brings us to the edge rusher position you know the guys the big time pass rushers off the edge and the starters leave something to be desired there i mean i still don't know who the starters are on this team it's uh, jordan jenkins who you know, jordan jenkins had seven sacks a year ago but it was uh I, I actually thought overall the game took a step back i don't think he was as effective against the run and i don't think he i'm not sure i think seven sacks is kind of like a boom scenario for him i don't think he's a guy who can produces consistent enough uh pressures to generate the the same volume of sacks so i think he'll he might take a step back in the sack department i always viewed him as kind of you know run stopping edge guy um guy again another guy you play on early downs uh so i i and what else what's across from is brandon copeland the starter right now is luvu the start you know it's funny is i we talked yesterday about brandon copeland on the show so i did a little bit of a search on luvu and i watched some of the film and I came away feeling like Luvu was about equal with Copeland last year. You know, they were both kind of marginally productive. The difference, though, is that Luvu was a 22-year-old undrafted rookie. 
So marginally productive for a guy like that, that's actually beating the spread. That's actually a guy who, you know, maybe even if he's not a starter, can develop into some sort of role player for you, maybe a number four pass rusher for you, a guy who comes in every now and then on passing downs. Copeland was a 27-year-old journeyman. So I've talked about this a few times in recent weeks. Age matters, you know, same, relatively same production in terms of pressure rates. When you get, it's different getting it from a guy who's 22 than it is getting it from a guy who's 27. I mean, Luvu's got some potential there. So I think that of the two, I think Luvu may have more upside. I'm not sure Luvu's a full-time starter, though. Um, so Jets have not, and that's not great because that's a really, I mean, that's probably the most important position on the defense. And the Jets don't really, forget about backup, Jets don't really have, a, Jets don't really have a one start. I guess Jenkins could be a starter, but he's more of a guy you, you want is like one of the lesser players on your defense you don't want him in a prominent role you know, if he's jordan jenkins like my ninth best defender okay that's i can work with that if i have some really good pass rushing defensive lineman fine if i have a really te- a terror off the edge maybe but you know this is not great um at the edge the, the only the only salvation there is a salvation at the edge i will say that is the jets do have the third overall pick and there are some pretty special edge guys who could be available with that pick so that's the one salvation is we could at least get this into i can live with the territory but with the, with the first round pick if the jets don't just don't trade down. just like the defensive line the defensive line could get better the defensive line could move from i can live with the territory into excellent territory if you draft quinn and williams into, into i'm really happy with the territory if you draft the kid out of alabama but the problem is you only, you only have one first round pick so the jets aren't gonna be able to do all these things but the edge at least conceivably there's there's an answer if you pick one of these uh you know, Allen, Allen or Bosa at three, then at least you got it. There, there's a way you can get there. Now, you're talking about a rookie. I don't want to put – see, the, the thing is, like, I don't want to put, like, the entire defense, though, the entire pass rush on some rookie coming in and dominating in year one. It's possible, especially with the top three pick, but it's not something I, – I don't think it's really fair to the rookie to expect him to be the salvation of the defense. So – you know, plenty of question marks on the edge. And, you know, if you don't have a good starter, your backups are probably not, your backup situation is probably not that great. And it's not, I mean, I'm not sure that there's a guy, uh, maybe Jordan Jenkins, other than Jordan Jenkins, I'm not sure there's a edge guy on this who's a lock to make the team. So a guy who's, a guy who right now is not a lock to make the team could easily be a starter on opening day, depending on how the draft turns out. So that's a, boy, that's a position that needs some work. We are locked on Jets on this Wednesday. Uh, we're talking about, where the Jets stand on defense, you know, how good are the players that they have on defense? We're going by position by position. We talked about what I think is one of the real weak points on the defense uh, just a couple minutes ago, which is the edge rusher spot. And now let's talk about the other weak point on defense, and that's corner. And that's not a position that I love where the Jets are right now. I, I think that, that unfortunately, for the, the problem with the Jets is that the two positions that they're weakest at are the two most important positions on defense, especially uh, an attack-style defense like Greg Williams is noted for running. That's got to do – and I, as I said, edge rusher, there's at least a pathway to get to credibility. I don't really know what the Jets can do at corner at this point. And it, was a t- it was a tricky spot because this was not a strong position in free agency. And it's not a particular, you know, I, I don't love the guys who are available early in the draft this year. Maybe you move down a little bit, things could get better. But, I mean, it was a tricky spot. But even so, I, I don't think the Jets really did much of any. I mean, the Jets the Jets did a horrible job at, at corner this year in the offseason. I mean, look, you, right now, Daryl Roberts is slated, Trumaine Johnson is slated to be your number one guy who's coming off a horrible year and was not good two years ago. And, you know, essentially 
just decided to pack it in the last week, decided to not show up the last week. Um, and he's old, kind of old for a corner. I mean, there's that's your number one guy. Guy who was horrible last year. Number two guy is Daryl Roberts, a guy who's pushing 30 and has never been a starter. Never been a full-time starter for a year. Um, and then your number three, your slot corner is Poole, who was a guy who was best known for blitzing, not for playing coverage. So, I mean, it's not looking pretty at the corner. I mean, I think the corner, really your scenario for salvation is that you have a couple young guys who are late-round picks over the last few years who could develop into something. If you're talking a Perry Nickerson, maybe who can develop into a slot guy or Derek Jones, who you know had a strong preseason last year and then was never really heard from again, which was a little odd. So maybe is he kind of a hidden gem who will benefit? And sometimes it happens. Sometimes a guy just, for whatever reason, the old coach doesn't like him. He, the old coach just refuses to play him for something gets personal. And then he gets a new lease on life with the new coach. And he goes out and plays. I think that's if you're looking for a, a possible salvation for the corner position. I think that's what it is. You got to hope that some of these young guys develop. Uh, you know, some of the young guys who are late rounders, developmental players. You can't expect a developmental player to go in year one and produce. But now we're talking year two, year three for these guys. Maybe can they take on a bigger role? Possible. But you look at the depth. I mean, there's nobody. There's. I don't think the Jets have a single corner that I trust at this point that I say I see some guys who maybe could be good if things break right but there's not a single corner right now I trust on this roster and you have Rashard Robinson who's still in the mix which is just looking like a terrible trade uh from a couple of years ago um you know not a lot at this position um you know I, I don't like uh, this is this is rough and so was the so was the edge rusher spot that's what's rough about this defense right now is you can't run a defense unless you have some edge rush. Unless you have edge rusher talent or corner. Ideally, you have both, but you can't run a defense when you have neither. So that's what some. And we still have the draft, so maybe they can improve edge rusher. And who knows? Maybe they can find somebody at corner, or maybe one of these young guys develops. But that's a. This is a big problem for this defense right now. What you got there? Unless something in something is going to have to happen here. Somebody's you know somebody's going to have to emerge, or somebody's going to they're going to have to acquire somebody because. Greg Williams can't run a defense. Nobody, nobody can run a defense if you don't have a pass rusher or a corner. So something's going to work there. But we're going to end the show on a happy note. We're going to talk safety. And I think most would conclude you're happy with what the Jets have at that position. You have Jamal Adams coming off a great year, too, hoping to build on that. I mean, he's Jamal Adams is now one of the best safeties in the NFL. You know, a guy who just does a little bit of everything, a tremendous run defender, good blitzer. Not as strong in coverage, but not, I don't think a terrible cover guy. I think he improved from year one to year two. You know, one of the better, just one of the top safeties in the NFL at this point. Have to be happy with him. And then Marcus May behind him, who place has been very steady when he's been in there. Now the question, the little question emerging about May is, can he stay on the field? You know, number it wasn't the thing about last year. It's not just that he missed time; it's that it was not one injury. I mean, there was there were multiple injuries he was dealing with. So the question is. Can he stay on the field? And if he can, then the Jets have a dynamite safety duo. This is one of the better safety. I mean, this this probably the best. You could make a case as the best safety duo in the NFL. Duo in the NFL if May is healthy. And then if you look at uh, what else the Jets have um, behind him, you actually have some guys who I I think are okay. You have Rontez Miles, who's gone in and been an effective run defender. When he's uh, had some time, when he's been able to play, 
Um, you have a young guy who they got last year, Brandon Bryant, who maybe has some upside. So I mean, it's not horrible. I you know I I, I hesitate a little bit because Bowles did play Daryl Roberts back there because he wasn't confident in what he had, but. I don't think that this. I think relative to the rest of the team, safety is a position I worry a little bit less at. Maybe I'm overestimating what the Jets have there, but I think that's okay. And then you know, I guess we could also talk special teams, where you know, I can live with what the Jets have. Cantazaro's back; he did a good job two years ago. Edwards is a solid punter. We don't know what the, the return situation is going to be, but I mean, look, you'll, you'll find somebody. Hopefully, you, you may not get the the uh, Roberts, the Andre Roberts. Uh, production from a year ago, but I'm not sure Roberts would have given you that again anyway, and you know, we'll see what happens. I can live with what the Jets have on special teams, the specialists, and then you know the long snapper's pretty good, so that's, that's where they stand there. Thanks for listening to our show today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, and leave it a good review on iTunes if you do enjoy it. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll be back again tomorrow.